So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops. And 
welcome to the 355th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who remembered to double-check that the recorder's actually fucking working this week for once. And joining me all the way across the city of Omaha, the guy that will never let me live that down, although secretly he's trying to make me feel better about it, is my co-host, Matt. I'm fucking just, I'm old, man. I'm an old motherfucker. <laughs> That's uh, all I feel this past few days, just old. Yeah, so we saw each other this weekend. And, we did. Uh, we the both first don't look good time. at all. We're looking old. <laughs> no, we are looking very old, like super duper old. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that makes sense because we are aging uh, a lot. So, but my specific problem is since I've dropped the weight, the skin is uh, starting to uh, kind of decide what it wants to do with itself, and that's what's making me look kind of nasty. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get that. For me, it's just it's just the fact that I'm I am just aging well, um, yeah, by a lot. Wrinkles and shit like that. I mean, like I'm I'm probably gonna be holding out because I'm pretty fucking baby faced, and if my dad yeah. is any indicator, I'm probably not gonna really start looking old till I hit fifty. Um, that's nice. Yeah, and I'm I, I start dyeing my beard just for shits and giggles during the pandemic just to see what colors would work and what wouldn't yeah and, um you know sometimes i keep up with it and sometimes i don't so like you know half half <laughs> i went i showed up at your place and i, I didn't ha- i hadn't dyed it in a while so it was like kind of growing out a little bit parts of my beard <laughs> have gone gray but not a lot i'm lucky there i, I did lose all my goddamn hair well, so that um that happened um but whatever yeah well you just took care of what nature left behind for you basically yeah pretty much i mean i'm just saying i'm just feeling old because well uh well i i don't know i guess I, enough people know me uh or i you know i care about the fans enough to share this part of my life uh my son graduated high school so i'm a i'm officially i've i've no more kids anywhere in in school <laughs> so does he have plans for secondary education trade school anything he's uh, thinking about it he's he's putting all that together right now i told him i didn't care if he wanted to take a year off fine but i told him not to do any more than that or else it kind of gets hard getting back into it but i completely understand because i mean that's asking a lot of any 18 year old what do you want to do for the rest of your life <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're in the middle of a Twisted Sister video and fucking Niedermeyer's breathing down your neck. That's true. Then you just, you, you want to rock. I want to rock. rock. <laughs> I want to rock. 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 I can't get up as high as D. Snyder. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm higher than D. Snyder because I think he's actually sober now. <laughs> uh, but I meant my octave range. I can't get up that high. I'll probably uh, even yeah. cut me trying that out. <laughs> I'll just punch in D. Snyder instead, and then everybody will not know just how badly I did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hell of it. <laughs> but Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. You know, I think we're trying to avoid the subject of this week's uh, podcast for some reason. Why is that, Matt? Because yeah, uh, for the first time in a long time, I don't know, man, this one kind of sucked. <laughs> You were not a fan of Sadako 2 3D or Sadako uh, was, 3D2? Yeah, I was not a fan of Sadako 3D2 Electric Boogaloo. Okay, there. since these were both adapted from the uh, S novel, or at least takes characters from the S novel uh, that we were talking yeah. about last week, there was something that I'm remiss in mentioning. Now, we talked about how Akane was the progeny of the Kashiwada um a husband's son for uh, Sadako and Sadako's uh, Miyagi or Mi- Mia clone 
person body that she is, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the two of them got busy and made a Connie in the book. But we did not mention, and I I looked, I had it here, and I think I might have talked about it um, on the segment that got lost, and I didn't bring it back up. So I'm going to bring it up here. Now that I know for sure that I'm recording, and I double-checked once again because I'm that fucking paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> maybe it just stopped on its own for some fucking reason that I don't know, Matt. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Takinara is actually the son of the guy who made the fucking deal in Spiral, in the book and in the movie, that, that super special secret agent guy who helps make the Sadako births happen. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, Mitsuo, I think was his name. Uh, at least that's what they say it is in the novel anyway. the So he, Takinara, who is in this movie and in the previous movie, that character <laughs> and Akane are the offspring in Spiral, basically, together. Like the the, the promised son that gets returned. Yeah. And then the, uh, <laughs> then the daughter of Sadako and uh, Ryuji's uh, rebirth clone thingies um, get together and they they meet later on in life and that's where they tie it all together in the novel so this is some serious Star Wars shit in this novel mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> don't bring Star Wars into this no that's... no I'm not just listen just listen what I'm saying right. is in the novel we have two families that get intertwined to try and battle the evil and purge it from the earth as best as possible and it turns out that the evil is clones <laughs> Clones? God damn. I mean, listen, Order 66 or. Right, right. I'm not, I'm not saying that Star Wars stole from this, obviously. I'm saying that there is some heavy Star Wars shit in this, like that kind of like level of wanting to do family saga dramas of moisture farmers on a planet far, far away. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, moisture farmers just trying to get a little spice for the weekend. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just make sure that you walk without rhythm. Yeah, yeah, right. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. That's the main thing. Um, And this world does, I guess, in fact, S does, in fact, take place in that alternate reality that Loop created, and it it just kind of ignores it. So in the previous movie, do you remember the landlord of uh, Kashiwada said that, that, you know, what is real? Everything's artificial, or this is also surreal or something like that, or everything is super surreal. And she was, like, dressed in a traditional garb, and she said the same thing at the end of that movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Take my word for it if you don't remember, because <laughs> that did happen. I just believe you. Okay. So there's a lady that nebulously just shows up for no fucking reason in uh, Sadako 3D2, and that's that same landlord. We just don't Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the landlord. I, yeah. I, okay. I got that part. Yeah. So I just, I, I feel like that's enough to talk about because nothing else that has anything to do with the characters are in this movie. Um, yeah. And they do kind of pick up the plot line that they dropped off of what's going with uh, Kashiwada in this one. So um, the, the idea that Kashiwada is uh, trying to eliminate Sadako clones and everything. But then they change it once again that even though he's eliminating Sadako clones, he didn't have a suicide video. He was caught and put in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah instead I, right right I, I, but they they do this that he's trying to destroy the world again and instead of save it and stop it as yeah a, so he's not the ryuji that would be in the book that's the main difference is he's still not that same ryuji that's in the book version that's mm-hmm. trying to fight sadako so enough is enough we've talked about it enough we've kind of padded out the episode the, in the front enough we're still probably gonna have to do news i'm gonna close out that window for the novel discussion of sadako 3d2 and what it has to do with the novel yeah, yeah, probably. Good good idea. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, we'll do some news. 
okay. I, I don't uh, think this review is going to take that long. <laughs> <laughs> We're still going to give it its due. Uh, this week, once again, on the Pirate Radio Edit, all female lineups for the bands in question that will be featured. And uh, I can safely say that it all pretty much fucking rocks, too. Um, and if you don't think it rocks, then that's on you, not me, because I'm enjoying it. Why can't you have fun with me? Yeah. Why are you guys having to be mean about it? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, you guys could just be cool. Be cool. <laughs> so first, we got to hit the Legion Patreon ad, make sure that we pay the bills. And then we got a special message from the new founder as well. And then coming out of both of those, we're going to go right into Lazy Guns Brisky. That's all one GM together word and spelled with various uh, capitalizations and stuff, or at least that's how it was on YouTube when I found it. And the song is Navy Star. Oh, all right. That sounds nice. Right after this. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing and spreading the good word of Legion Podcast. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons in June, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon every other week or twice per month, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
fucking damn it, that does fucking rock. Lazy Guns was, Brisky, Navy Star. That was some good shit. <laughs> fucking hey, I got stuck in there, and I was just having a good old fucking time listening to that riffing. Man, that was great. So much yeah, fucking was, fun. That was good. It's so much that fun. some I, really good shit. I don't want to interrupt it to do the review. I just want to talk over it, and I just don't want to do the review. I just want to listen to this. How about we this. don't even talk over it? Let's just listen to this music all night long. <laughs> no, they came for the review, and God damn it, they're going to have it. Well, shit. All right, it's Taco 3D. Part de. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first 20 minutes. Oh, we see there's a guy. He's, uh, he's uh, hanging out. And we see it's our character, our main character, dude, from before, from the last movie. He seems to be in a hospital. It seems to be rather stormy out. So that seems to be a problem. And also, he was a guy that did, like, CGI work and a bunch of other special effects work for, like, a movie company and a website and shit or something like that. And now he's looks like he's working security at a yeah. hospital. Yeah, it doesn't seem all that great. Yeah, life uh, is not going good for him from where we last left him. He hears a, a baby crying and we see we're now in the nursery of the hospital and one of the nurses is carrying a baby, uh, looks at a baby and the baby opens up his eyes, scary eyes, hair comes out, attacks. Ooh, scary shit. Um, <laughs> I take it you were not impressed. Uh, I mean, it's like, okay, I get it. It's supposed to be 3D, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so anyway... Um, so then we see a woman reading a letter and we find out that this woman is the old, uh, the old, um, uh, landlord of the killer in the last movie. And, uh, she sees that there's a baby that's been born and it's, a, it's like, uh, it, she reads the letter. It's like, oh, it's a girl. And then she's here. All this kind of stuff. That's the landlord who knows a little too much about the artificial world in which she apparently lives, which they included yeah. in the film for them to talk about that. But didn't explain why that's there. Yeah. So, um, while all that's happening, okay, you know, whatever, uh, it goes into our intro, which they, again, utilize what would be the 3D effects, like plants growing out at you and all that kind of shit. So, I mean, all right. Okay, and then we cut to, it's five years later. We know it because the movie said it. Thanks, movie. Um, we see their kids, they're playing this game where they're kind of like saying a rhyme and they're all hands and hands around a little girl who's just covering her eyes. And she opens it, and all of a sudden she's alone, and they're all hiding. Um, then we see, uh, cut to this woman. She's just on her laptop shopping, and she gets a call from her husband, and she's talking, and the husband says, like, she they can hear a child on the line, or uh, it sounds like a small girl. She's like, oh, there's no one here like that, and leaves, or, or hangs up, call. Well, then her laptop starts acting up, and a bunch of symbols show up, and then all of a sudden she's very much possessed. She then stabs herself in the eye with some scissors. Was it scissors? Or no, it was just a knife. No, I, I, yeah, it was a table knife. She was like sitting yeah. at the table doing something before all this happened, yes. But she still very much stabbed herself in the eye. <laughs> yeah, and they held it there for a really long time that made it like super uncomfortable. And then it gets to the point where you're like, okay, just fucking do it already, right? Yeah, I mean, holy shit, man. God, shit or get off the pot at this point. Yeah, and then when you think they're going to go full Fulci and make you watch it go in super fucking slow, it cuts to a yeah. wide shot and it's already embedded. Yeah, exactly. She screams as they cut it, 
and they just fucking just leave you with the blue balls for the gore. Yeah, it's it's that's kind of what they do. It's, uh, that one's hurtful. Uh, <laughs> you're like not for me though. Yeah, you're you're pleased. super you're super anti ocular penetration. So this is the best case scenario for you where you get teased with it, where you get the dread of it about to happen, and then you don't have to actually watch it. Yes, <laughs> that's like the uh, best of both worlds for you. And we see that she has rings on her arms after she had done this. Um, so then we see this little girl. She's drawing a picture, like heavy scribbling. It's disturbing. And another girl asks. That, that's her actually mom scratch is. art. What what scratch it is? Art. What you do is you you spread a bunch of crayon, various bright, bright as fuck colors across the piece of paper. You cover it all. Do whatever patterns you want or however you want to do it. And then you paint it with black tempera paint or some other like I there's like a heavier crayon that you can scratch away or something like that that you can use too for this type of scratch art. And then you scratch away the black and reveal the design by scratching and having the bright colors shine through. Uh, they also make scratch art boards for that where you can actually have scratch board where it's uh, black ink that permeates part of the board and the deeper you go the lighter it gets so you get like this reverse effect where uh, it, it's actually sinking in but when you're looking at it it looks like the image is popping out it's white oh yeah there you go I wanted to talk about that because I used to do the other kind that the little girl is doing when I was a kid and I loved it and I had this really nostalgic kick where I was like literally gonna go get some temper paint and try to do some scratch art now because you're like <laughs> hells yeah let's do it yeah I was like fucking hell yeah let's get stoned and fucking make some scratch art i done saw it on tv so now i gotta do it for myself clip <laughs> i mean yeah not not exactly wrong what we both uh, said was a clip yeah pretty much yeah uh so uh, another little girl walks up and asks where her mom is why her mom never comes around and asks if her mom's dead then gets mad because the other little girl won't answer her and takes the picture and rips it up well, that little girl does that creepy kind of long hair over the face but looks at her and everyone's a little scared but then scary girls aunt shows up to pick her up i think uh, the scary walk- girl's aunt was there watching her getting harassed yeah, by the she other was. girl and just let it happen well she almost seemed like she didn't know what to do uh as they walk home she uh grabs some random dude and he's like what the hell and then she lets go and the guy's like that's weird and he's on his phone and then the phone does all the strange symbols he starts choking and he falls off a bridge dying uh then we cut to back to ando uh he is as we said working uh, security at the hospital. He's burning a trash bag when his boss tells him to check the nurse's station and also that his sister had called. Uh, then we cut back to the aunt and Maggie and they are eating and she's not hungry and she wants her mom to cook for her. And then, and, and, you know, the aunt says, well, unfortunately, your mom can never be here. And then so that makes her get up, go to her room. And Ando calls the house and asks what's going on and she's like, well, you know, she wanted to talk to him about Nagy, but he's like, well, how is she? Is she fine? She goes, well, she was going to eat, but she, she's not. She wants, and he goes, fine, and he hangs up on her. So you're like, well, Jesus, man, uh, don't know what the fuck you're doing. I mean, we kind of find out later, but that's no excuse. Yeah, it's no excuse. It's fucking, you just shoved your kid off of, uh, on, on your fucking, uh, Mentally disturbed fucking sister, let's just say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, let's just say it. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. And you're like, what the fuck? Um, this guy's not winning any fucking parenting awards from either of us from being on one side of it or the other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, we then see the picture she drew is of a lot of fish in a hut and a scary lady. 
Um, the, so Foucault, who that's the aunt's name, she goes to a psych class and talks to the professor there about uh, Negi and how her mom died during childbirth. Uh, the doctor then wonders if Fuku is actually projecting her own feelings onto Negi because of her own mother's suicide. Well, uh, then we see, uh, a nanny. She's, uh, she's, uh, staying there. She watches uh, over Negi, but she's just constantly complaining about it. She calls Negi weird. And then listens to some news on her laptop. And um, we hear about the killer from the last movie. And he's about to be sentenced. Uh, uh, so we we know that he's still very much alive. Uh, but for how much longer, we just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the movie completely ignores the fact that we watch him get killed by Sadako on screen. And that's what's supposed to launch this in the first movie. And somehow yeah. he's alive, got caught for all the killings, and is now going to be executed for those crimes. Yeah. Um, later on, uh, at the playground, a girl makes fun of Nagi for, you know, cause her mom's dead. Cause, cause kids are, yeah. Cause this cause little kids girl's are a, soulless little beast. Yeah. Cause so. this little fucking girl's a fucking monster. Yeah. And it's going to grow right, up to be even worse. She walks away and she won't grow up to be worse. Cause she checks her phone and her phone does weird shit. Later out in the woods, they all seem to be dancing around Nagi again till the wind hits and it pushes them all down. And when they start getting up, that girl sees the well is in the middle instead of Nagy, and then she gets sucked into it. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that little girl just died. Well, one can hope. Yeah, and that's the end of that first 20 minutes. <laughs> Alright, those little girls are fucking monsters. Alright, yeah. they're terrible. Well, little children are typical monsters because they haven't learned anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they're fucking awful. You do not fucking cheese a kid for losing a parent. No, that's, that's pretty fucking ridiculous, but I mean, it, it happens and that's it's fucking terrible <laughs> the little girl that is playing nagi does an amazing job of being cute one minute and absolutely terrifying the next all in how she holds her head for as exactly. young as she is they either found a wonderful little actress that knows exactly what she's doing or the film crew was super fucking patient to get what they needed from this girl for reactions to things because I, I, either that or they edit it really fucking well I, I don't know what it is but um, they're hinging a lot of what they're trying to do in this film on this little girl's reactions to things yeah this oh, is yeah. a huge gamble to pin they your fucking movie not let alone a horror film but your yeah. movie on the facial expressions of a child of this young of an age. And yet she's one of the only things in this movie that works. <laughs> I do not disagree with you, at least for the first 20 minutes, for certain they're hanging everything around her because they've got a little girl that knows how to fucking act or can be edited to look like she knows how to act. I don't know which it is. And also is really good at being both adorable and then horrifying and then switching up between the two <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> without any fucking CG or anything like that. As far as I can tell, it's just all in how that girl holds her head and delivers her lines and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, yeah, and then like she can look sad and then simultaneously she does that little head crook and you're just scared shitless. <laughs> and this movie is pushing really hard that um, when people upset her, somehow Sadako comes for them. Yeah. And because, yeah, she's, she... be because she's a child and not fully in control of her faculties and her emotions yet, she obviously the slightest little slight is going to make her super fucking mad and therefore Sadako. Yeah. Or at least that's what the film's trying to tell us at this moment. Yeah, that's what it wants you to think. <laughs> yes, it wants you to believe that. Yeah, that's what it wants you to believe. Um, so the next 20 minutes, 
starts with Fuko. Uh, she's staring at a bathtub and has a flashback to her mom holding what seems to be a dead child in a creek. And she turns around. She sees Nagi standing there in the forest with her. She snaps too. And now there's blood coming into the tub. And all of a sudden we see dead mom in the tub asking why she didn't help her. She then wakes up and she's at a table. Uh, at her kitchen table. She looks over and she's Nagi is watching. Nagi is watching it. So that's... That's kind of creepy. This is where the film starts going into horror movie territory, which is somewhat lazy, where you just want to show a bunch of fucked up sequences that you sell off as a dream. Yeah, that, yes. Oh my God. And they do it all the fucking time. I think, in this movie. I, I think they're trying to portray that Huko is being shown some of the imagery of what Nagi is seeing and or up to. Like she's getting some of the residual energy from that and it's imprinting into her mind. And so she sees things. Things. Either that or because we know that Sadako is capable of manipulating somebody's mind, uh, maybe whatever is going on with her is because of Sadako's power and is trying to torture her. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. They, they do not yeah. explain it. They just do that and they do the dream sequences. And it's it's like a literal like horror movie where it's literally just the guy having like an, an American werewolf in London. They wanted yeah. to have a bunch of Nazi werewolves slaughter a family in the movie just so they could film it. You know, they just yeah, wanted to do exactly. that scene. It's so they like this. They Sounds just great. Made, they just made it a fucking nightmare. It's awesome. Yeah. It doesn't fucking belong in the movie, but as a nightmare, it's totally cool. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right, but they uh, wanted they wanted to be a decomposing zombie looking body so they make it so the guy can see all the victims. Right, but <laughs> the like not necessarily Nightmare on Elm Street movies, although the Nightmare on Elm Street movies did this at points in time where it was like the constantly waking up from a nightmare only to be in another nightmare sequence, then waking up from that nightmare sequence to be in yet another one to the point where the audience is getting fatigued from trying to figure out which is the nightmare and which is real at that particular yeah. point and you just don't give a shit like it but goes at least at least at least that whole movie is about nightmares right but it's, it's supposed in, it's to be in the that title way. it's supposed to be that way for nightmare on elm street right like you go that far with the audience doesn't give a shit if what they're seeing is real or not anymore and that's usually when they give you the big finale and it's like really over the top and you're just having a good time this film yeah. does those nightmare sequences to the the point where you don't know what you're seeing if it's real or not anymore and you stop caring here because they do it too hard with this first one. Oh yeah I mean it's just so much it, I'm just, yeah you're exhausted by the end of watching this and not because you're like oh I'm so heavily invested but you're just like oh my god how many cutaways can we fucking have? Yeah I had to watch it in shifts and I had to keep rewinding it and I was pissed off about it. Yeah it was not yeah now, I, like I said and not to bury the lead on this one but it's the first one of the oh, in this series where I was kind of like you know, besides the made-for-TV movie, which I was also kind of like, eh, on. This is the only other one where I'm, eh, on. Because <laughs> I like Sadako 3D, for the most part. What's really weird is all the reviews that I'm seeing online from the various armchair critics out there uh -huh. uh, that do reviews and stuff like that have them flopped. Like, where they say that they hate Sadako 3D, but they think this one is awesome. It's fucking weird. I don't Maybe understand it. it yeah. utilizes 3D more. I, yeah, I think the CG was just so bad in the other one, and the CG's a little yeah. better in this one, so maybe yeah. that's all they're if that's all you're judging it on then yeah i can see where that would make you enjoy this and, more and also sadako 3d the the last one the first sadako 3d didn't utilize 
3D a whole ton. But, you know, like, I only saw a couple parts in it where, you know, you could see and realize how it was supposed to be for the 3D audience. This one, it's almost every other scene does something 3D-like. Yeah, they're really throwing it at you in this one. That's true. So, okay, yeah, I can see where, and if that's all you're looking for, sure. But, like, if you're looking for an actual story, this this is the thing that I was dreading happening with a 3D sequel. Yeah, me too. Me too. This is how the American 3D remakes and the all of that kind of stuff in the horror genre that was coming out at around this same time, 2012 and 2013, or the sequel in the franchise that went horror and 3D or whatever, you know, those are the same quality that you get with this film. Where if yeah. you're going in it to just watch the 3D, you don't give a shit that like Alice is now basically Neo from the Matrix in Resident yeah, exactly. Evil. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. Resident Evil got to be enough where you're just like, all right, well, I don't even know what the fuck's going on anymore, dude. If you if you honestly I have rewatched these recently just to make sure of this fact because my opinion for the longest time was it started out bad and only got worse from there. Yeah. And and, I've watched them again recently to make sure and verify. And yes, those started out bad and only got worse from there. And let's move on. All right. Good, good, good. Um, So then uh, Nagi, she later is in front of a TV screen, it seems, and she touches it and weird shit starts happening to it. Um, Then we cut to the cops. They're investigating a suicide. Uh, Apparently the person had cut their tongue off before they killed themselves. Um, then one of the cops opens up the body bag and a hand shoots out, holding black hair. Um, then one of the CSI people find little child handprints all over a sliding glass door. Yeah, pretty creepy the way that they're That shooting. was creepy, all yeah. the little hands. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. That was like, whew, all right, let's do more of that shit. There and, are, uh, there are moments do. that they do that are pretty decent with this film, and, I, and when, when, I, when they pop up, I definitely want to praise them, because I've had so much vitriol so far for this movie. Yeah, it's same here. That's why I'm like, the little girl, awesome, who plays Nagi. And this little thing, I wish they would have done more of that. Or it looked like all these children were watching, or at least, you know, one child was putting their hands on that glass a lot, whatever. Creepy. And I think it's because we all agree, little kids are creepy. And always will be. Yeah, always will. At uh, Fuko's home, uh, the nanny is leaving, and she's like on the phone with Fuko, and she's like, you're late, I gotta go. And Fuko's, no, I need you to wait. The uh, Nagi's uh, using the nanny's laptop, and the nanny takes it from her and calls her a freak, and she's pretty mean to her. And, you know, Nagi gives her that scary look, and the nanny gets like, oh shit, and she walks away, the laptop starts going crazy. And just then, as Fuku is getting to her home... Uh, the nanny drops out of the sky, impales her, you know, falls onto a car and just crashes. And then all of a sudden her eyes are white and she's possessed trying to grab Fuku. And we see there's rings on her arm as well. Uh, so then, uh, Fuku gets inside and she finds Nagi sitting there and Nagi smiles like creepily, really creepily. And you're like, oof, that is something. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man, they taught this girl how to do something right here. (laughs) Like I said, she is definitely the highlight of the film, and you can tell that they knew what they had, and they were going to try and fucking hang their entire film on this, for sure. Yeah. Um, Then we cut to uh, one of the cops. He talks to the old cop from the last movie, who lived. Uh, He's obviously in a wheelchair and has to use a voice box to speak because of the damage to his neck. He tells the younger cop a story, the story of Sadako and how she wanted a Kane's body and to come into our 
world. This is the spiral shit we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the younger cop can't believe it, and he leaves, and the older cop is kind of just sitting there, and all of a sudden we see these hands push the wheelchair down a ramp. He falls de- he falls out of the chair, little falls kid downstairs, hands. yep, little kid hands, and dies. And as he's looking up right before he dies, we see a little girl at the top, but we can't quite see who the little girl is. They're heavily implying it's Nagi. Yes. Later on, the professor, the psychology professor, meets with Nagi, and Nagi draws a picture of a woman, and the doctor asks who it is and Nagi points at her and she's asked why you're drawing a picture of me because you will die. Um, the doctor says that she knows Nagi is lonely and she wants to help her and Nagi then rails into this whole thing about how the doctor is actually the lonely one. She has nothing. She has no one. That's why she always works so she doesn't realize it. Um, she then uh, looks and says everyone's going to die and she also draws a train with what seems to be like ghosts around it. Um, the doctor tells, uh, later tells, uh, Fuku that Nagi's such a sweet girl. She says it's such a nice sweet girl. She keeps saying that. And she's tearing up the picture of herself. Yeah, um, she's saying it yeah. trying to appease the demon. Yeah, it's not very convincing. Um, when Fuku then leaves the professor's office, she sees Nagi is gone. Well, then we see what's heavily implied to be Nagi in the subway. And this guy's on his phone. He sees her kind of standing there on the subway platform. He's on the subway. His phone goes nuts. All of a sudden, people on the train just start dying. Uh, they're, if they're on their phones, they go crazy. This one lady seems to actually become Sadako or at least possessed by her. I was calling those Sadako people. zombies in my head. Yeah. I mean, not a bad way of looking at it. Because that's what it looks like. See, they grow super long hair or their eyes roll up in their head and they become white and then they look exactly the same, but they're like possessed Sadako face and they run around and it's almost like CG over top of them and they act like zombies, but they do what Sadako wants. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Fuko, she walks up and she comes uh, across the scene where everyone's just like, you know, all the, the death and mayhem that's going on there. And she's kind of like, oh my God, she's really scared. And then all of a sudden, Nagi uh, grabs her hand to hold her hand and she pulls away. She gets scared and Nagi falls to the ground and kind of gives her a side eye. And that's not good. You get really uh, worried for the ant at this point. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, that night, Fuko and Ando fight about Nagi. And, like, she's like, whose child is Nagi really? Is she really yours and Ando? Or is she really yours and, and, and you know, her mother's? Yeah, Kane's. Uh, I mean, what? You can't explain. She's causing these things. And the brother just kind of storms out on her, doesn't even say anything. And you're just like, what the fuck, man? You know, you really need to be a parent, but fuck. There is something um, very clearly wrong with Tanako right now, but the film's not really giving us much of an idea they're just really trying to make it look like he does not give two shits about his daughter and he knows exactly what his daughter is and he hates her for it yeah he just lets her live there because he can't do anything about it or he's just severely depressed about something because you can tell he's not happy right well Um, he's he's very upset but but with them the way that they're implying that she is the rebirth of sadako as a child or something similar to that or is going to be and him possibly knowing that because of what he's experienced with akane and the fact that he resents her for that because she obviously caused Akane's death with her birth you know yeah. is what the film's trying to tell us right now and that's how the actor's kind of portraying it because he seems more pissed off and angry than anything that's true yeah so then we see uh, the detective he's watching uh, footage security footage from the train platform and he sees 
sees uh, a little girl there, and it appears to be Nagi, who then turns and stares at him. And this curses him. We see, like, a little ring in his eyeball, and he gets all fucking crazy. They actually have people going into a well in their eye, and that's like a 3D effect that you follow in for a lot of the time, and it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat, yeah. If you could have seen that come out at 3D at you, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. After that, he's kind of staring at kids playing on a playground, kind of having a little mini paperclips moment, and that ends that 20 minutes. Okay, they're really pushing that there is some kind of an embodiment of Sadako in child form. We're focusing in on Nagi because that's who we're following around. And all the girls and boys do wear the same uh, coats that we see the the actual hands of the killer, like the the sweater coat thing that's like the various, like uh, the the green sweater or um, the green coat that the, the kids wear, you know, they have one or the other yeah um, the little kid and we're thinking it's a girl because of just because of his long hair and we're also thinking it's nagi but the little child that we do see for sure pushing is wearing those outfits that are from her school but all the kids wear the same things from their school they have a yeah, uniform that's right they have a uniform it's a school uniform so who knows it could be any of the girls right and if they all have the same uniforms across the entirety of the country it could be any any girl but the film is pushing hardcore that it is definitely nagi in all directions but they're really going out of their way to not show us that it's not Nagi. And it's at yeah. this point in the film where I say to myself, man, I wonder if Nagi translates from Japanese to herring that is red. <laughs> right? No shit. <laughs> herring that is red. I feel it. Red herring. Yeah. That's who did this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They are purposely driving a red herring narrative with Nagi here because it's at this point where if you're going to make it her at the end, you need to really kind of shit or get off the pot like how are we going to tell this story and if you keep not purposely showing her face even though you're purposely showing us that every time she gets upset somebody dies then we kind of know that she's not really the one behind it you kind of make it obvious right here and that's this is the point sorry to spoil it for everybody that wanted to hear the rest of the review of how this movie was going to go but it's at this point where i said that to myself i went yeah it, it must translate to herring that is red that must be yeah what, yeah what her, i was certain Thing, man, we're, we're we're pushing almost too much. Uh... <laughs> on her you know for this early in the movie it doesn't take <laughs> away my enjoyment of seeing how creepy she is and seeing how when she gets upset that someone else gets killed but like I know they're gonna try and pull an oh what a twist at the end here like I already know like yeah, right yeah. here it, and I don't think it's that I'm that fucking clever I think the film is just that fucking obvious yeah I think so too I'm with you it's like I'm not Mr. Super Sleuth over here it's just they push it so hard almost anybody be able to see this <laughs> right if you've seen a mystery movie or two, you can kind of sniff out the herring that is red. That's right in yeah. front of your face with the way that they're making this obvious. Because the herring is like four years old and it smells such. Yeah, right. It's 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 gone bad. Uh, <laughs> Which, by the way, this little girl is supposed to be like four or five. Man, she's supposed to be like super tiny. Yeah, yeah, and she looks pretty tall for all that. So, uh, <laughs> just saying. Although you know, uh, girls usually get taller uh, at an early age. So there you go. Um, anyhow. <laughs> She's got a curse that's making her grow faster. There you go. Perfect. Um, so anyway, we start the next 20 minutes. Fuko uh, finds... Uh, she's cleaning up her brother's room. She finds that the closet door has been wired shut. Uh, so she starts cutting to get into it. Then we cut to the brothers at work, and uh, the detective shows up. He wants to know where Akeen is, and he tells her that she's dead. And then the detective asks about her daughter, 
And he just sort of says he has to go to work and walks away. Um, Fuku opens the closet. Uh, she finds a, a picture of uh, of her brother and Akeen holding Nagi. And then uh, finds a, uh, a big trash bag that has like a box in it. Um, she uh, Then we see, we cut back to the brother. He has a trash bag. He's walking. He drops in a ton of black hair comes out. Um, in the box in, in back at the apartment, uh, it's a letter from the killer. And all it asks over and over again is how Nagy is. How is Nagy? How is Nagy? How is Nagy? Um, so then uh, she decides to visit that killer. Uh, they talk and he goes off. Uh, it's weird how a serial killer could just have a random visitor. <laughs> Yeah, especially one that's so notorious he's about to be put to death, but uh, Kashiwata gets what Kashiwata wants, apparently. I I guess so. Look, man, Um, if you're going to start asking questions in a movie that's trying to push a fucking four-year-old as a red herring at you as the conduit with which Sadako is doing all of this killing, even though we haven't seen Sadako at all yet, yeah, you're going to get really fussy about whether or not a serial killer gets visitation rights. Uh, yeah, I mean, all right. I, I guess you're not wrong. I'm just, you know, fuck. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying the reality of this film is pushed thin enough to where the I believe button doesn't really need to be pressed. You just kind of have to like let it be. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, okay, this is what the film's saying. All right, fine. It's like, I, 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 I guess it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't shit. Um, first, he asks about Nagi and how is she. He then berates Fuku about not being able to save her own mom. Uh, he then looks at her arm and sees no rings on her arm. He says, wow, Nagi must like you. He then tells her uh, that Nagi is Sudoku's child. And the only two ways to stop it is to either kill herself or kill the child of Sadako. He then leaves. The door closes and it's a dark room and a Sadako ghost jump scare comes out. Um, so there's that one for you. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird spot to put that, but whatever. Um... Funko then, uh, she gets a call to, from their professor to come visit. Um, and, uh, so she goes to visit the professor and it, we find the professor is very possessed and attacks her. Uh, her, <laughs> the professor, cause her hair is so long, gets caught in a paper shredder. That's fucking kind of hilarious. And then she turns and- the paper shredder into a weapon, which is terrifying and hilarious. And like the only time I felt entertained in the movie. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. That's, that's something else. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, when that thing came whipping around and like almost took out Fuko, I was like, oh, fuck. I did say that. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> As the thing yeah, was flying. I, and then, like, I was like Ooh. and then the Sadako zombie. That's going to. Sadazam? Sadazam? Sadako zombie. The possessed. Sadazams for me. Um, right, yeah, but when the Sadazam does the the hair flip thing and starts using it as a fucking weapon when the shredder got jammed, like that was awesome. It was really yeah. fucking cool. And they did use some of the three D here where it comes flying out at you and stuff as well. So that was that would be kind of cool to actually get to see in three D. But otherwise, it's kind of a snooze fest. Yeah. So. Uh, she's able to get away, though, and, uh, she hides in a room, but it has a computer screen, and Sadaku comes out at her. Um, 
Now we see her. She's standing in the in her bathroom. Her mom's in the bathtub, dead, saying, "Help me, help me, help me!" And then we see Funko as a little girl trying to help drag her mother out, but instead she gets dragged into the tub. Uh, and then the mother's face turns into Nagy, saying, "Why won't you help me? Why won't you help me?" And then, uh, uh, then Funko comes to. She's in the building, but she's all by herself, and now she has rings on her arm. It's the end of that twenty minutes, and we're getting ready to go to the final 30 which is gonna go a little nutty until this point we really had very little action and they're trying really really hard to make this little girl creepy and then they start doing a right turn where they ignore the little girl and then start with the haunting of fuko because she's starting to look for sadako or the solution and how to make her niece better what's going on with her niece she wants to find out what's going on and by searching it out it finds you like we've seen over the last couple of films yeah we only really get like one brief sadako jump scare and it's like the length of the bat symbol going across the screen in the old Adam West series whenever it would uh, change scenes yeah right right it's only that long and it's just a jump out and then it's over with there's a lot of like the little kid face Sadako lookalike thing jumping out at people too uh, here and there for a couple of jump scares but it's literally just an endless string of jump scares (laughs) and then like the weird nightmare things where it doesn't know what it wants to do so it just keeps making her go to sleep and wake up having a nightmare or get knocked out somewhere and wake up somewhere else having a nightmare (laughs) yeah right she keeps doing that and it fucking exhausting (laughs) i mean this is like what an hour and 20 some odd minutes i think and you feel a lot of that runtime. it's an hour and 36 minutes yeah wow jesus yeah you oh you felt all of it too you feel all of that we're like 57 minutes in and we only got 30 minutes of the movie fucking left like like that's how little there really is to kind of talk about too It, it really is because there's no nuance no nothing else other than if you wanted to go on and on about red herrings uh, or how cool 3d was for a while um that's it well and the story is told very much visually and there's a lot of really cool visual flares and the 3d stuff i think would be really cool in this and i think if you saw it in 3d alone you would really enjoy it but much like most people found when they didn't watch avatar in 3d doesn't really work as well (laughs) i I, you know what i think i could have saw avatar in 3d and it didn't work out very well for me I can honestly say that I still haven't watched that fucking movie and I never will. I haven't watched it either. Never once. <laughs> not interested. I'm just so not. I see it. I'm like, oh my God. How I cannot. Can I be less interested in wanting to see a movie? <laughs> Thousand bucks each if you want it done on the show. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Thousand bucks if you want us to have to review that piece of shit. Each. <laughs> each. <laughs> then we'll do it. I'll sit through it then. <laughs> Because I can't be bought. I, I really need. I'll fucking do it. I got. Yeah. If somebody wants us to do it that bad that they're going to pay yeah. that kind of ridiculous sum. Yes. Well, that, that's the only way, though. We'll never review that movie unless that happens. <laughs> I don't care if you start a Kickstarter for it. Yeah. 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 Do whatever you have to do if you want it done. But that's our price. <laughs> How much is it going to cost for us to finish this review? Oh, my God. I'm going to need about, uh, you know, just only 30 minutes left. Listen, 100 a piece and I'll finish it. <laughs> but 
But right now we're already recording, so we might as well oh, just shit. finish. All right, I'll go ahead. I'll just finish it then. Just they're gonna get this for free for once. <laughs> <laughs> for once, we're gonna be nice. For once, I'm gonna be nice. Um, or am I? No. Uh, all right. Final thirty. Uh, Fuko gets home, and Nagi uh is staring at her. Uh. So Fuko kind of gets nervous about that, locks herself in her room, and she sees Nagi's drawings of Sadako all over the place, or what we think is Sadako. Um, it's scratch um, art, but yes. Yeah. Uh, Nagi calls out that she's hungry and, and needs her on his help. She starts pounding on the door, and why won't you help me? Fuko moves the dresser to block the door, hides underneath the bed, and the door blows open. The dresser falls. She sees feet rocking around, and then all of a sudden, Dead's mom's face bends down and shows up and says, says, hey, you know, why won't you help me? And then all of a sudden, her brother's snapping her out of this nightmare. And her brother's, like, talking to her and says, hey, listen, you didn't kill mom. Because that's what she was crying about. He goes, you tried, you were too little, you tried to help her, but you were just a little girl. And then he says that he's going to go ahead, he's quit his job, he agrees that she needs help with Nagi, they're going to do this together, she doesn't have to be alone. He gets up and he starts in his, itching his arm, and she's like, what happened? And he lifts up his sleeve, he he has rings around his arm, <clears throat> but then all of a sudden his face goes demon-like. He comes at her, and she wakes up again, and again, she's just sitting in her room, uh, but, like, nothing's knocked over. No dresser knocked over, nothing. She just was in her room. <clears throat> so, that was two dream sequences that she just had to pop herself out of, and that's... I am now officially exhausted of dream sequences. Yeah, the first one was too much, so when they do this one, I actually groaned and said, fuck off to the screen. And that's yeah. when I started reading about Scratch art and that's why i'm so focused on that because at least this brought scratch art back into my life there you go i mean listen take let's all take our fucking you know uh our wins where we can get them uh she then remembers the the killer saying that she would have to kill sadako's child well later on the next day she's kind of just walking around aimlessly and nagi shows up holding her hand and they're walking around and then nagi falls asleep so she's carrying her she carries her to a bridge and she thinks about throwing her off the bridge She fucking holds her over the edge. She's about ready to fucking give her the heave ho. And then Nagi wakes up and for the first time acts like a child and starts crying, asking if she's going to kill her. And she's scared and she's sad because she misses her mom. And why are people always scared of her? And then she goes, and I hate that she could see when people are going to die. All this kind of stuff. So now you get this idea that maybe she's not evil. Maybe she's in an impossible situation. She can Uh, see when people can die she sees how they die she tries to draw it to explain to people what's going on but she's just a child and it's too traumatic for her to really be able to tell anybody or even talk about it until now in which she's almost ready to die yeah this sequence worked because of that little girl and she sells it really well but otherwise no yeah and so of course uh, she comforts her and, you know, they're not going to kill her. Uh, Fuko then later confronts her brother and she, uh, she wants help with Nagi, but she wants the truth from him. And he tells her that Akane is actually still alive and he takes her to this bunker, which he's come out of a few times. So you go down this long spiral staircase and we see Akane is there hooked up to monitors in a coma. She has super long hair. She's and, all Sadako'd up. Yeah. She has been there 
this way uh, since uh, almost five years ago when they first fought Sadako. She decided this is the only way she could. So she, at first, while they were fighting Sadako, she got pregnant with Nagi, gave birth, but then put herself into a coma so that the fight would only be between her and Sadako and not include Nagi. And that's why Nagi can never see her mother. Because if they come in contact, Sadako can return. This all feels like a really bad script work just to kind of push why the dad was such an asshole and like to make excuses and really just feels lame. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely lame. Definitely lame. Definitely uh, just a just a way to get out of the dad being a terrible, terrible person. What a twist. What a twist. And we still have what a twist to come and I'm annoyed by that too. What a twist. What a twist. Uh, I'm still in it. Then we cut to Nagi is once again in front of the TV. Uh, she decides to touch it. It does weird shit again. Then we cut to some nurses working on PCs, and they get the weird symbol screens. Uh, Fuko, uh, gets home and cannot find Nagi and calls her bro. And he looks on the uh, security monitor cameras in the hospital, and there is Nagi standing there. He finds her, but then the cop punches him. And the cop then beats the living shit out of him, saying that he's going to kill both Nagi and her mom. Uh, Ando tries to stop him, but he beats the living ever shit out of him. Luckily, Nagi runs away. Uh, I mean, Ando gets a fucking beating of a lifetime. The only reason we think he's still alive is the fucking evil wicked cop, who just yeah. coincidentally is also possessed by Sadako, making him even more evil and wicked, uh, walks away and we still hear the guy, like, gagging and making, like, gurgling noises filling, yeah. like, like his mouth is being filled with his own blood, but he's, like, clearly still alive as the fucking pig walks away. Yeah. Yeah. As Nagi uh, runs away, uh, Fuko finds her. The cop shows up. Uh, the cop does show he is cursed as well. He has the rings. And he also says the woman from the beginning of the movie who stabbed herself in the eye, that was his wife. Uh, he says, uh, before, but before he could shoot them, possessed nurses attack him. And so that causes the other two, gives them the uh, chance to run away. And Nagi will not leave the hospital. She wants to see her mom. So Funko actually takes her down to that bunker area to see her. Mom wakes up and reaches out for her as Nagi walks to her. Before they could touch, the cop shoots and kills mom. Then the cop's getting ready to shoot Nagi. However, then he turns the gun on himself and shoots himself until the guns out of bullets in the head so obviously he was possessed that was actually kind of cool yeah so he was there only to release sadako it's obvious yeah and he didn't really care about the kid well he wanted to kill the kid he didn't want to release sadako but then right before he could kill the kid so Sadako wouldn't be released, Sadako stops him. There's that, but also um, he's possessed, so why his motivations are to do this killing are clearly yeah. because Sadako wants him to do it, and he's just insane. But then why did the Sadako clones attack him? <laughs> because he didn't find the bomb yet. He wasn't there yet. Oh, okay. He needed to follow them, so the Sadako clones pinned him down to let them run off to where they needed to be. I gotcha, I gotcha. Because, spoiler uh, alert, all of this is supposed to be part of the Kashiwada Sadako plan. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, it's got to make sense somehow, right? No one would just be that lazy of a screenwriter, Matt. This clearly why they attacked him. Nah, they're just lazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know laziness when I see it. I'm a pro. So, I've worked real hard at being as lazy as I am. Uh, Nagi then screams, and all of a sudden a well shows up. Instead of where her mom was, now there's a well. Uh, then, uh, 
Funk, uh, and then uh, Fuko sees Sadako staring down Nagi, and then blood starts filling the room out of the well. Nagi gets dragged into the well, and uh, Fu- uh, Fuko jumps in to grab her. Um, as she sees Sadako's dragging her down into the abyss, Fuko's remembering things about her mom, all that, and she swims down, is able to grab Nagi, and saves her from Sadako. They watch Sadako slowly go down into the abyss. All of a sudden, it cuts, and they are safely back into that bunker, only everything is gone. There's no mom, there's no bed, no bodies, nothing. Fuko and Nagi, uh, we cut to, they're now living happily, they're having a fun little picnic, they both seem very happy. Well, the old lady from the beginning, the killer's old landlady, she's reading the killer's last letter. He states that death is merely a passing point. Then we see videos that Nagi is not Sadako's child. The darkness is still coming. It was a completely different little girl who is actually Sadako's child, who's been running around doing all this shit. As we see Superboy Prime punch a crystal and retcon the entirety of the movie. Yes. Uh, After this, we see he is hung. Roll credits. Did you see the end of the credit sequence, though? I didn't. What happened? Okay. The end of the credit sequence actually... Okay, see, I I need to start staying if we're going to do post-credit scenes now. (laughs) I I usually see the credits and I'm done. (laughs) Well, sometimes you just have to fast forward, but a little bit into the credit sequence, there's a thing where the landlady opens another letter that's from Kashiwada, and um, he basically says that he knew all along. Oh, that's why he never said kill Nagi. He said you have to kill Sadako's child. Or yourself, and that's the only way to make it stop yeah yeah huh how about that but he was apparently making her kill nagi so that um the guy would give up on sadako and maybe kill his wife you know like basically the end goal was to release sadako to bond with her child or something like that it's just very poorly written but the landlady actually got a letter where it says that the child is alive and the child blah 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 you know that kind of thing (laughs) i gotcha and like he knew that it was going to happen and he predicted it and like you know (laughs) this was all his doing yeah now everyone will die or some shit like that and they just read con punch that in too yeah yep no that's nice for them and i think you probably didn't know the landlady saying uh the thing at the well again about all this is all artificial because that was the end of those credits too oh yeah that's right Jesus Christ. all right now i gotta pay attention to fucking post-credit scenes oh, fucking well, just, Marvel. just fast forward through them i suppose i mean yeah. you know you no, just never know i mean I, when i notice them court. i try to give you a heads up but i thought yeah. that you would probably have checked them i didn't i didn't even think fucking marvel yeah, I'm but telling you. do you know how little I care that you did or didn't? Yeah, yeah, right? You're just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this was definitely the worst out of all of them. Um, the TV- Yeah, this is probably worse than the TV movie one. Yeah, yeah, this one is definitely bottom of the list thus far, and we've only got one left. Yeah, oh God. What's that? What's that one going to be like? It's, it's Sadako 2019. So I, I just I don't know. Uh, just to let everybody know, we are now done with the spiral slash Razen timeline that we were talking about. Okay. Yes. We are completely right. done. So now the Ring Zero, Ring One, Ring Two timeline is back into play. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so Raiko lives, then dies in two. And the uh, son that Sadako wanted is set free and Sadako's energy was dissipated in a pool. And Sadako 2019 apparently picks up from there. Huh. Well, that's nice. Hopefully. Uh, maybe it, maybe it'll be better. Hopefully it's better because I don't know if I can handle any worse than this. I don't man. know because I have literally nothing else to say about this movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we've gotten close enough to where I think the news will maybe give us enough of a fucking episode. So why don't we just like bail on this and move on to let's, happier things to talk about? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So playing us into the break is going to be drops. That's spelled with an apostrophe S drops and the song. Koaste. Nice. Psyop news right after all of this. Drops, that's D-R-O-P apostrophe S, or at least that's how it's spelled on the YouTubes where I found this. And the yeah. song is... Koaste. Because I'm not going to try and pronounce it without offending a bunch of people. Well, that's that's for the best. Speaking of offending a bunch of people, give me some psyop This comes from our boy Robert, our man Robert out in the field. Yeah, he's all man, our man Robert in the field. All man. All man Robert Ward. He must have okay. an incredibly long penis. Well, that's between he's, him and whoever he wants yeah. to show it to that also wants to see it. Well, I'm, I'm sure he's I'm sure that I'm sure that's correct. Yeah. Uh, from the insider, a man developed sudden amnesia after having sex with his wife, completely forgetting his own wedding anniversary party the day before. He must have an incredibly long penis. I mean, that could deprive the brain of enough blood to cause this, Lee, but I don't think that's it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Jesus, Lee. Um, a man got amnesia 10 minutes after having afternoon sex with his wife, temporarily wiping his memory of the previous day and rendering him unable to retain new information, doctors have said. This is not the sickness with which I am dead. Hey, first of all, let's give it up for this guy. The 66-year-old man became distressed. Motherfucker, he fucked himself into, like, dementia. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. Well, if he did some brain damage or something like a TIA or something like that that may have damaged some recent short-term memory, yeah, that could be bad. You're going to fuck yourself into Alzheimer's? That's insane. Um, (laughs) There's been a few times where I forgot where I was right after I dropped one, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was just temporary. (laughs) Yeah, I, I eventually came to and apologized that it was only two seconds. Yeah. (laughs) sometimes you know i've also like gotten done and not know where i was but it was fine i didn't lose my memory i didn't know where i was beforehand anyway i just went with the flow mcgyver ain't got shit on me give me a fucking paper clip some chewed up bubble gum and a string i'll get whatever dildo you need out of you thank you goddamn right i will it's gonna cost you some serious cock 
The 66-year-old man became distressed after he looked at his phone after sex one afternoon, saw the date, and thought he had forgotten his wedding anniversary, when in fact he had celebrated it with his wife and family the day before. Doctors from Limerick, Ireland, said in a case report published in the official journal of Irish Medical Organization on Wednesday, the memory loss lasted for an hour, with the man repeatedly questioning his wife and daughter over the events of the morning and previous day, the doctor said. Yeah, dude felt guilty that he missed his wedding anniversary or so he sounds like a really good dude too yeah like he sounds like a nice guy he's distraught and like he's interrogating them because he thinks they're just trying to make him feel better when legitimately he just forgot because of this yeah the man who was not identified in the case report visited an emergency room and had a completely normal neurological uh, examination by the time he got there they said doctors diagnosed him with a transient global amnesia TGA, a benign condition that causes sudden short-term memory loss and the inability to form new memories. Any memory loss typically lasts four to six hours without the need for treatment, but can last up to 24 hours. He's just going to randomly forget shit now? Well, it's benign, so maybe it only happens that once, only lasts for that little long. (laughs) So basically, like, they don't have an understanding of what actually caused it. They're just like, yeah, we've seen this before. Uh, It probably won't happen again. Yeah, you're probably going to be okay. (laughs) Um, Well, at least it's a step up from, uh, you probably have ghosts in your blood, do cocaine about it. Yeah, right. Ah, I'm sorry. You have a devil frog that lives in your knee, so we're just going to amputate your leg. (laughs) Here, take a little of the milk of the poppy while you're at it. Yeah, yeah, here. Have some heroin. You'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> it's your womb. It's gone wandering. Yeah, listen, we're going to cut off your leg, but it's going to be okay. Why? We're going to pump you so full of this drug called heroin, which is medically fine. You're not going to care. Um, the doctors uh, uh, who authored the report said repetitive questions and an inability to retain answers are key features of TGA. TGA can mimic other conditions such as a stroke, dementia, or epilepsy, and may have implications for certain jobs, such as pilots. <laughs> yeah. Most, yeah, no shit. Most cases have been reported in men aged age between 50 and 70. We don't know exactly what causes TGA, but it has been linked to several activities, including physical exertion, immersion in cold or hot water, emotional stress, pain, and sex. All I things mean, I, I enjoy think- kind of at the same time. <laughs> Aren't all those things involved with sex, too? Sometimes, uh, yeah. If, yeah. You're, if you're lucky and it's a really great weekend, Matt, they are, yeah. Yeah, right? The man in the case report had experienced the exact phenomena seven years prior. TGA can happen to a person more than once, though exactly how often is not agreed upon. So, um, yeah, our our homie there, he had a uh, TGA. That sounds like a thing, man. That's the thing. <laughs> You would have to call that back. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> it is. It's definitely a thing. Yeah, and it uh, sounds like it's a really nice dude, so I'm hoping he'll get the memories of his anniversary party back because clearly he feels very upset that he missed it. Yeah, I mean, and everyone it sounds like it was a great time. I, I mean it must have been good after that. It must have been a great time. His wife boned him so hard he got memory lost. She must really love the anniversary present. Because <laughs> I like abuse and free drugs. No, I mean that's kind of true. <laughs> I hooked up with a bad boy you know i think i could change him god doesn't see when you do anal ah, there, i mean there's case studies dude finally gets hard so now it's time to plow <laughs> with consent of course yes you can't have sex by sticking an erect penis into a vagina you know what <laughs> that's there's many many medical case studies that tell me i'm right <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. We're only at like one hour and like a little little over. So let's one more story. Let's fucking milk this. 
do another one? All right, yeah. let's milk another one here. Apparently, the Josh fight's going to return to Lincoln. Maybe <laughs> that one. Might as well. We all know a Josh. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> uh, this comes also from our man, Robert Ward. Robert, all man Ward. <laughs> our um, man in the field. Our man in the field. Uh, calling all Joshes. The Josh fight returns to Lincoln. The, sanction- the second annual Josh fight gathered. Oh, it's already happened. Sorry. The second annual Josh fight gathered dozens of Joshes for a good cause. In Lincoln, Nebraska. That's a weird cause. Yeah. What started as a fun battle to get Joshes from all over the country out of their houses after several months of social distancing and quarantine and has turned into an annual charity event. Dozens of Joshes were gathered. Gathered at Bully Lake Park for a second annual Josh fight. They sex with a dead thing. I'm just going to hit all the fucking clips so that people can hear them again. Uh, Josh Swan, creator of the Josh fight, stated that they had a bunch of people named Josh gathered here that day. Uh, what started out as a way to find the ultimate Josh turned to around 100 people gathering at the park to raise money for the Lincoln Food Bank, the Children's Hospital, and Josh the, the Otter. HPV will cure what ails you. There was a I mean, shitload of Josh. Yeah, that's a lot of Josh. And also, what about your H? What's your HPV killer? Uh, curing? My HPV I, I, will I'm, cure what ails you. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't. I, it sounds like that would cause an ill. Pray uh, to God that what assholes do. One person stated, "I heard about it last year after the fight, and I was jealous because I'm the real Josh." Josh said. Josh Swan wanted to find somebody with his exact name, so he picked a central part of the United States so Josh's from all around the country could battle for the title of the real Josh. How do they battle for the title? With a pool noodle fight. They state they have an officiator for the event. The ref determines who's tagged, who's not, but ultimately it's a game of honor. Joshers are bound by honor, so they expect them to all be fair and good sports. <laughs> Everybody wanted in on the pool noodle battle, so there was two rounds of fights. One for the Joshes and one for the non-Joshes. Seems the non-Joshes try to get involved, so that's nice. Are you Joshing nice, me? You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. After this kind of last week it's been with what's been in the news i'm happy to end on a nice news story <laughs> yeah it's a nice wholesome news story i i love that news story because this last week for news has been what i can only describe as fucking horrific <laughs> a new shade of hell world it's really bizarre that the rant that i went on aligns so perfectly with what last week's vibe was before we even knew that's what we were gonna yeah get. before we even knew i mean the world got to be even a darker place than it already had been since our last show so again nice to get some nice wholesome news <laughs> yeah the josh fight thing is a great way to end the episode but you had to bring us all down by reminding us of all the horrible things that were in the news instead yeah well sorry about that just remember the josh fight they're doing it to said the ultimate josh they believe in honor and uh they're doing it for a Good cause. I've known a few honorable Joshes in my life, but I've known a few that are dishonorable as well. Well, then they bring disgrace to the name Josh. (laughs) Those of you that are known as Josh that know that I know you, you can now decide which one of you have honor or not. Bite it out amongst yourselves as we play the Ending Legion promo and then follow it up with Aldios, I believe is how it's pronounced. I'm not sure. And the song Mermaid right after this. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devout the podcasts Duncan and Bo Come Correct Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast Friday the 13th Get Slayed The Hell Ming Power Hour Hello This Is The Doom Show Hero Hero Ghost Show Kill the Cast Underwater Kaiju From Outer Space Jerry Hates Action Legion After Dark Metal Health 
obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s rabbit and red radio the shade cast short bus cinema two drink minimum commentaries the vd clinic who will survive horror podcast and which versus the doomsday clock with such a widespread of shows there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with horror politics movies books sex music commentaries health video games kaiju action news comedy and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world we are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. fucking power metal right there yeah no shit man that was some nice that's good stuff yeah those ladies could fucking sing it's so it's adios yeah. I, I guess i don't know how that's actually pronounced but the song is mermaid and it's very fucking cool i really fucking dug it yeah that wasn't bad at all <laughs> and you're gonna be able to hear this played underneath for quite a while because both of the ending songs this week are going to be quite long uh the song that's going to play us out and actually be starting up to play us out is like six minutes so it's probably going to take care of the very end of the show for all the outtake well that's great that's on the pirate radio edit of course whatever's on the main feed is just whatever i can find and that's just how it's going to be of course (laughs) so i've actually embedded a little secret that nobody has noticed yet in our shows that no one has really been able to find and i'm just going to throw it out there that i'm going to have people looking for clues having to do with our show and there's evidence of what's going on on the legion podcast feed legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast not going to tell you exactly where it is but it's definitely for our show so you might want to start there see if you can find the clues that i'm talking about the weird little thing that i've been doing that nobody's noticed for nearly the entirety of the year and not even matt knew until i told him about two months ago three months ago i think yeah you know what i'm talking about but we're not gonna fucking say it no we're not gonna say it. <laughs> it's but been... get your get the scooby snacks out <laughs> yeah it's just this weird little stupid quirky thing that i've done that nobody's fucking noticed it's funny you know we got smart fans someone's gonna figure this out yeah it probably won't take them very long you know a lot of them have been able to decode the uh zodiac killers <laughs> transcriptions they, by they using vlc player code? yeah they broke that code fucker <laughs> Did they break the robot code? At least that's what uh, harddrive.net will have you believe. Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram for our memes and other stupid humor. Cinema underscore psyops <laughs> out there on Instagram. Stupid? I prefer dim-witted. <laughs> Not very bright humor. Yeah. Dim humor. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you'd like to see some more dim humor attributed to us and for us, our Facebook group, Cinema PsyOps, is probably the best place to do that. I'm available there on Facebook as Court PsyOps. I show up every now and then, but I'm primarily in the group and I'm dropping some dank memes for you thrice daily from the Cinema underscore PsyOps. The dankest of memes. And when I say, so dank. When I say so thrice fresh. daily, I mean during the work day for the working human, usually scheduled around the working holidays of the United States because everybody else gets way more days off than us. Yeah, I mean, we don't even get a health plan in no days off. It's fucking real. <laughs> yeah, living under stage capitalism is a fucking nightmare. If you'd like to try and tell me otherwise, you can email me feedback, cinemasyopscart at gmail.com and let me know what that boot leather tastes like. Yeah. Do you eat it, like, raw or do you, like, cook it? I just want to know. Well, while you're out there licking boots for pleasure and not for the fascists, kick the fuck <laughs> out of this week and make it your bitch. Not much. How you doing? Not too much. I am looking at my recorder right now and watching the ticker go by second by second on my side to verify it is in fact running. And all right. Yes. Good. I am also running <laughs> and I am recording. <laughs> and clap. And clap. One, two, three, and clap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're all set up on your side? Yep. All right, Stucco 3D2. Stucco 3D part duh. All right, can you hear this? You probably can't hear that. Let's try that again. I can't hear that. Let's try that again. How's that? Yes, I can hear that perfectly. (laughs) All right, so since we're running a little late, we might as well just rock in and roll and just get it over with, right? Strutting and strolling. (laughs) Strutting and strolling. (laughs) Rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling. Come on. All right, well, let's uh, get her going. Here we go. Three, two, one. Punch in the Kevin thing you forgot to download, you fucking idiot. Three, two, one. She's saying that she's a sweet girl in the way that some people say, no, Court's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, no, Court's a great guy. I don't know I don't know why all those people went missing around this house. Sounds weird. <laughs> My lawyers have advised me to not allow you to make those jokes anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Get the Scooby gang over there. How many lawyers do you have this time around? <laughs> in this case, enough to be at least plural. Plural? I mean... Lawyers, more than one. There's a, a discrepancy. I mean, that's a large... That just beats more than one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't say I had a legion of lawyers. That would be a significant amount. I couldn't okay, afford so that. Now you're, you're, you're between two and eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, you're between two and nine. Because once you get the double digits, that becomes a legion. Ten and up is a legion. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, wait, that's a total lie. Okay, uh, between two and eight, nine is a group. Ten to 
30 is a gaggle. Anything above 30 is a legion. So do you, do you have a group of lawyers, a gaggle of lawyers, or do you have a legion of lawyers? I have enough to make a plural. Motherfucker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this film is really hard to find and with good reason in the United States anyway. Yeah, right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't blame you. Who wants to be a part of this? <laughs> um, so, I guess us. Um, <laughs> fucking doing it. They don't call it a half franchise fest. <laughs> Maybe it should start. The franchise fest, but only the ones that you're going to like. Uh, <laughs> the most of franchise fest? Yeah, the most of franchise. Everything but like two of them franchise fest. Uh, the Good Ones Franchise Fest? Yeah, right. Here, it's got me all what a twisted up here. All right. Give me some psyop news. <laughs> Clear your lungs out first, though. Yeah. <laughs> I just said, goddamn. I've had more liquid go down. Wrong to me. <laughs> Ooh, that was nasty. <laughs> I, think, I think I have a drinking problem. <laughs> like Ted from fucking Airplane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only mine keeps going down the wrong tube. <laughs> Instead of your eye. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you need to clearly drink upside down like Batman. Yes, right? Something I don't know. Damn. All right. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. And Licking boots for pleasure and not for the fascists. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Good base covering on that one. Just, yeah. just in case shit went wrong. Hey, what about me? Yeah, if you're doing it because you like to lick boots, that's awesome. I don't care or if that's what gets some, you off, but like, some don't. Some poor person just likes to lick some boots and now all of a sudden we're talking shit. <laughs> no, just bootlicker is a common term for somebody that fucking well, yeah, of course. Fascists, dude. But I'm just saying. <laughs> you still recording? I was, now I'm done. <laughs> I think the, I think ended it on uh, bootlicker's feelings is uh, a way to go. <laughs> and I'm done.